Over two decades in production. Star power before they were stars. Masked Mutilator, the movie, is about to hit the big screen with horror, gore, suspense, nonstop action, beautiful girls, beautiful girls, pro wrestlers, and more. This is the Masked Mutilator Podcast with your host, executive producer and co-screenwriter, Dale Schneck. Well, welcome back to our podcast. We have a very, very special guest today who's known to many people all around the world for what I think are very different reasons, in some cases especially. Uh, Some people know him as the Lord Humongous. I hope I'm right about that. And others simply know him as Tank. So welcome, Jim Tank Dorsey. Thank you. Very, very special. That's that's cool. I feel... uh... feel important. Well, that's good. You should feel important. Well, for music fans, and correct me if I'm wrong about mm-hmm. this, uh, Jim, or do should I call you Tank or do I call you Jim? Most people call me Tank. All right. Tank. Those who know me. So, All right. Yeah, okay. I think we're friendly enough. All right. That's good. Um, tell us how you came to be the tour manager for the Misfits. Wow. Uh, in high school, I got into the Misfits just as a young punk rocker. That was the energy that I was looking for. So I became a huge fan. Um which turned into becoming a huge collector, a well-known collector of all their uh, old stuff, which I, I later sold to buy a house. Um, I just came up to New Jersey in 1994. I, I met the uh, the leader of the band, if you will, Jerry Only, the bass player, um, in uh, at a convention. And he kind of knew who I was, actually. He had heard about me, this legendary collector from D.C., um, asked me if I could sing and I said, oddly enough, I, I do. So he invited me to come up and audition for the the reincarnation of the band, uh, since he, they had they had their outs with the original singer uh, Glenn Danzig in uh, back in '83. So I I came up and and we gave it a shot. But I'm a bass baritone tenor is just not happening. I don't care how many lessons I take. So we tried this and that, and it just didn't work out. But we got along very well. Uh, both my uh, both Jerry and Doyle, the two brothers, uh, we got along well. The third brother, who's now my business partner, uh, Kenny, who was known as Rocky, uh, we got along marvelously. So they said, well, you're not going to be the singer, but we want you to do something. So they brought me in as, as the merch guy. When we did conventions before the band even got back together, I was the guy selling the Misfits resin models and the early T-shirts. And uh, when we got on tour, I was the guy you came to see to get the T-shirts. And I just kind of worked my way up through the ranks as a guitar tech and a drum tech. I worked with the Doyle and Robo and Marky Ramone. And uh, eventually, just as the, the landscape sort of changed over my 13-year tenure with the guys, I, I became their their babysitter. That's <laughs> what a tour manager is, a baby, babysitter for grown men. So what's the biggest challenge of being a babysitter for grown men in a group like the Misfits? Any good stories? Uh, to- there's plenty of good stories. I don't know how many I could share without getting some people in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, to, be a, to, to be the musician that writes that hit, song. I think there needs to be some sort of disconnect somewhere else in the brain to allow it to focus more on this this artistic side. So I'm I'm dealing with guys that honestly I wasn't sure how they they functioned in the real world without me. Um you know, we'd have to get up at a certain time to uh to catch a flight, you know, okay guys, set your alarm clock in your hotel. No, you got to come wake me up. Wait a minute! You're you're 15 years older than I am. Why am I having to come wake you up? What's what's the matter here? So yeah, there's there was always the 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 little things. Uh, you know, as a tour manager, you're supposed to listen to the tour manager. He's he's got all your answers, all the information. And uh, one of the musicians actually, so I won't name names, uh, actually said to me once, "Well, I don't have time to listen." 
I said, well, that could get you killed one day. <laughs> Buck up, son. <laughs> so, so now we should take advantage of this connection tank. Mm -hmm. Can you put pressure on the misfits to write us a song for Mass Mutilator? <laughs> if there's arm wrestling involved, we might have a chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, now that they've had their reunion, they've they've got much bigger fish to fry. So that uh, of course, now that I'm out of the picture, they have the you know, the dream comes true, and I, I miss out on that. But whatever, I did I did my time. Well, then uh, you're quite a celebrity on, and I don't even know the right terminology. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say. The Comic-Con mm -hmm. circuit or the horror and superhero fan convention circuit. Correct. What do you do at those things? You go all over the country, don't you? I go all over the world, actually. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be leaving for Australia in uh, just a few weeks right now. Um, my main gig is, as you mentioned before, is uh, the Lord Humongous. Uh, I'm a huge Mad Max fan, always have been uh, since I was young. Um, I currently have... Easily the largest Mad Max collection in the U.S. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I take that on tour uh, to, to conventions and, and such, to put it on display. I have mannequins wearing my, my costumes because I can only wear one at a time. I think I have well over 20 uh, screen-accurate Mad Max costumes. But from that, I mean, that's where it started. And people would come to me and say, oh, you should be this character. You should be that character. Characters I didn't really have much interest in, like Duke Nukem or something, just because I had the haircut. Um but finally, a request came in for a, a G.I. Joe character, this dreadnought villain uh, called Road Pig, who was very much a, a road warrior type of character. And a, a good friend of mine had had asked me to, to do that character for a group uh, down at Dragon Con, which is uh, in Atlanta every year, probably the largest cosplay convention in the world. Um, and I quickly was, ex yes, let's do that. That's, that sounds cool. Well, that just opened the floodgates to every other character <laughs> in the book. And I'm now, I think, pushing over 50 uh, extremely accurate costumes for mostly villains, um, but I do Conan, uh, the Barbarian, um, Guile from Street Fighter. Th those are some of the good guys. Uh, but yeah, I go to New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, uh, Atlanta. Uh, Wasteland Weekend is my big gig. That's uh, out in the Mojave Desert, end of every September. That's a that's the largest post apocalyptic party in the world. It's now a five day event of just living in the world of Mad Max. And of course, as Lord Humongous, I'm like the ringleader of the whole thing. Yeah, I've seen incredible photos of oh, that yeah. event. And Paul Sutt, who's mm -hmm. in our movie, plays mm -hmm. Jake uh, in the uh, footage. And then he also did special effects with Glenn Hetrick. Mm -hmm. So I think it was because of Paul that I met you. Yes. And that's how uh, we connected. So uh, does does George Miller ever come to the Wasteland events? And, and what's going on with that? He, uh, at the first Wasteland event, he put together a video and sent it along to show at the event. And he has expressed some interest. Um, it might have just been in casual, you know, friendly passing about coming out to one of them. Uh, but he's, he's he's a busy man. I understand that. I also know that he doesn't, uh, he's not a big fan of flying. So unless it's something he's already there for, uh, you know, I don't want to hope for too much. Uh, but he has uh, recognized uh, who we are and appreciates what we do. Um, when I met him, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago at this point, uh, out in LA at a, at a screening of Fury Road. Um, when we, when I met afterwards, he asked who, asked me what my name was. And I said, well, I'm, I'm 
everybody calls me the tank, but I'm, I'm the Lord Humongous out at Wasteland Weekend. And right, right away, he was like, oh, yes, okay. So he knew who I was. So that was that felt pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna I, lie. I would imagine. Yeah. That's incredible. And do you create the char- the uh, costumes that you were describing for all these different characters? I do most of the work myself. There are some things that um, I feel other people could do better than I could. Um, not that I can't do it, but if there's someone I could tap that'll do a better job, say, painting the humongous mask, something like that, I'll bring somebody else in just because I'm very particular about how exact the things are. But uh, for the most part, everything I've made from scratch just about. Wow. Incredible. Well, uh, we want to tell our listeners that if you go to massmutilator.com, the website, you can see photos of Tank as he might appear in our upcoming um, feature film because we're not going to give away which character uh, Tank is actually going to play. And uh, I think you're going to be very excited about seeing the finished product and seeing Jim Tank Dorsey in the film. So please remember to go to Mass Mutilator Facebook page also. Hopefully like the page and tell your friends about it. And this is Dale Schneck. Until the next time, I invite you to stay terrified. For more podcast episodes, to be a part of Masked Mutilator, if you have the guts. And for exclusive behind-the-scenes bonus material, go to MaskedMutilator.com. That's MaskedMutilator.com. Or else. This has been a Steve Mittenin social media creation. Steve Mittenin social media.com. 